Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Is there a right way to share God's love with others? Today on Better Together, Victoria Osteen, Dr. Dee Dee Freeman, Holly Wagner, and Hosanna Wong join us to talk about how to share your faith. Jenny asked this question on Instagram. How do I explain faith to an adamant unbeliever? You don't. Yeah, well, actually, you know, I found interesting is that she used the word adamant. Yes. So to me... She's already tried. She already tried. <laughs> but if someone, if someone would say that's that adamant, then they were hurt somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's right? true. So nobody is an adamant unbeliever that hasn't experienced hurt. There's a reason, right, mm -hmm. that they're adamant about it. But even if just thinking about sharing our faith, and I know people ask that and people want to know how to do that. I just think we make it more complicated than I it really has so to be. Too. So for me, I mean, again, and you guys can speak to this, but I, for me, I just think it's more important to live it than yep. to say it. Absolutely. Can they tell? Can you, they you tell. I remember this one time I was sitting, honestly, with a bunch of girlfriends at lunch, and we were like, like here we are, mm -hmm. and we were laughing, and we were having so much fun, and at the end of it, this person comes up to me and said, can you tell me? what it is about you guys. Right. Because mm. I just have never seen happy people like that, mm -hmm. like a real joy. Mm -hmm. Well, then that led into a conversation and the next thing you know, they're in my world. And so to me, it's wow. it's not that complicated. Yeah. It's throwing faith in a, in a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, I have this um, tattoo that says she rises. And so oftentimes people go, oh, what does that say? And I say, well, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about women. And immediately if I'm talking to her, they're like, what does it say? Yeah. And I say, well, it means that when dark times are around, she rises. And that, really? Yeah. And so then it just starts a conversation. I believe that how we live our lives is the best way to demonstrate to people what living for Jesus is like. Um, when we are looking for a great restaurant, we want to read all the reviews. We want to see what other people have experienced. If we went to that restaurant, what would our experience be? So we see what other people's experiences have been. Just the same, we our experience is what people want to know. If they came to know Jesus, what would it be like? If I came to Jesus, what kind of life would I be living? What kind of joy would I have? What kind of peace would I have? And our life is like a recommendation for something we experienced. And it lets people know what is available to them if they too came and tried to see the person of Jesus. We spiritualize everything. And then it's like we're no good for what's here on earth, mm -hmm. right? And we do have to just live this thing out in front of them. Right. I love how you say most of them have been hurt somewhere right. because I'll I'll talk to some people. I will talk to some people and they'll say things like, um, "Yeah, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God." And I'm saying you work too hard not to believe in God. You believe in God. Right? <laughs> you know, you work too hard. Where have you been hurt? Mm. And the first thing they would say, yeah, I'm done with church people. Well, what, what did God do to you? Exactly. You know, it's people. They turn their back away from God because of what people have done. Mm -hmm. And so when we can be that demonstration mm -hmm. in front of them, then they'll want to hear what you have to say, mm -hmm. right? I think so. You know, I, I, and I just think this is actually what your husband's pretty exceptional at. I think the relating to people who don't. Yeah. No God. I was getting on an airplane one time and I had one of Joel's books with me. So you can tell him I read his book. Anyway, <laughs> getting on the plane and the flight attendant 
says, who says, oh, I watch him. I like how he talks. And mm-hmm. so then I engage with her. She's not a Christian, mm-hmm. still on that journey, mm-hmm. but open okay. yeah. to a conversation. So he's, he's relatable. He, he sowed the seeds. I get to add a little water to mm-hmm. the conversation Absolutely. without beating somebody up. And I just mm-hmm. think that's why it's not that hard. Yeah. And God gets to bring the increase. Exactly. exactly. I think we put too much pressure on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to go into all the world and preach the good mm-hmm. news. We're mm-hmm. supposed to but we put so much pressure on ourselves that it's up to us. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, I believe what you said is that one waters, yeah. one plants, one right. waters, but God brings God. the increase. Yes. And so, so if you're not so concerned about, you know, I got me a soul today. I caught me a fish today. I got, mm-hmm. But just like you said, live in your life knowing that, man, when you're just throwing around the joy and doing your best to help others, God is the one that brings yes. the people to Him. Yeah. And I think that's just, that just takes the pressure off. I think sharing your faith is so individual. God's got a different calling on all of our lives. We're all called to be ministers of the gospel. And I believe that God will move you in the direction, bring people across your path that He wants you to love and you to share His love with. So I just encourage you, if God puts it on your heart, show love, tell Him about Jesus, Tell him, tell them what he's done for you. Because I am a pastor of a church, Mm -hmm. I feel weird always having to talk to people about Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I know this sounds very odd, but that's what I do. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I go to the store or I begin to talk to someone, I'm not, I don't go, where do you go to church? Where do you go? Because it's like, am I recruiting for my church? You know, I mean, I I, I have to admit, I feel kind of funny. I just want to be a normal person. I'm normal. I love God. How are you? Yeah. You know, but I have a friend sometimes that goes with me and that's her question. (laughs) Where do you go to church? (laughs) Which is great, but she doesn't feel the same pressure I do. Right. Right. So, you know, I think we have to kind of customize it and make it our own. Yeah, you you do. But again, you got to be spirit led because if not, You're going to throw some people off. It's a turn off to some, and then it may be something that right. somebody else needs. Like, I may need to be invited to church, but this person over here just wants to smile. Yeah. So if you go with this person, you know, with, where do you go to church? I don't go to church and don't want to even talk to you. Right. But if you come in with a smile and be nice. I remember one time I was um, in a grocery store. I'm a giver at heart. My husband and I, we love giving. Yes. And I was in a grocery store. And a young lady was on the phone and she was talking to her mother. Her mother wanted her to do her hair. And I'm all in the conversation. <laughs> I had nothing to do with the conversation. Because you do hair. Because I do hair. <laughs> so she's, she was like, Ma, I don't feel like doing your hair today. You know, just talking. And when she got off the phone, I said, no, you know it's not going to take you long to do your mother's hair. Why don't you just go ahead and do it? And so she was looking at me and we just laughed and started talking. And then I paid for her food you know, in the line, never told her about church, never said anything. I just said, hey, just want to be a blessing to you and pay for your stuff. Well, about two years later, I needed someone to come braid my hair. Someone posted it and she was the one that showed up. I didn't know it was her. And she said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, no. She said, you pay for my groceries in the grocery store and you told me to go and do my mom's hair. And it's like, whoosh. So now that gave me an opportunity to minister to her, to tell her about this Jesus that I serve. And like, you need to get planted in a good church. But if I would have went at her, you know, totally wrong in the beginning, that could have been a turnoff. So you have to be sensitive 
to know how to identify moments to when you can say what you need to say. I think something that applies to all of us in every environment, because he's already said this, is to be loving and kind always in every environment that you walk into. And I do, at the same time, I do think there are moments when the Spirit of God leads us into a situation because we have the answer that maybe this, this the struggle this person is having. I remember one time I told this story that I was, um, I had four different boarding passes on an airplane because every time I went to the seat, I had to change seats with someone. And I'm getting frustrated by the time I finally get to my seat. But it turns out I'm gonna ultimately be sitting next to someone who is struggling in their marriage and I can actually help with that. We're supposed to be salt and light, right? So, you know, we were laughing last night. It's like, we're supposed to make people thirsty, not kill them. Not make them gag with all the yeah, salt. Like I like, can't eat that. Or add flavor, like salt adds flavor. flavor. Like exactly. those women saw you and they're like, right. what is it about you guys? You have more flavor. Right. Or what is this about you? I'm gonna come to this event. You have more flavor. Like your salt adds flavor, it adds right. joy. If we were filled with the spirit, then what people would be seeing us produce is love and joy and mm -hmm. faithfulness, kindness, patience, self-control. Like they are attracted yes. to, the Bible talks about how we are a sweet aroma, mm -hmm. you know, like they would sense it, they would smell it, they would mm -hmm. feel the difference. You wouldn't, I don't know what I think about this word explain Jesus, because because I understand that we need to explain a lot of things about Christianity, we need to explain a lot of things about faith, yep. but I don't know that I've ever led someone to Jesus by explaining no, Jesus. or arguing. No. Well, you can't, they, the Bible talks about how that's foolishness unto them. They can't even understand right. those things. And so for you to go in and try to explain who Jesus is, right. they're not gonna receive They wanna that. see it. They wanna right. see it. It's like, tell me, what did Jesus do for you? But if you would know the difference, yeah. Like people know the difference. People aren't dumb. They know yeah. the difference. My, I, a lot of my close friends are not Christians, and they know the difference. Mm -hmm. So they knew Hosanna, like before Lori Crouch knew Hosanna. Right. <laughs> right. They knew a different version of Hosanna. They have no question that I'm a different woman. Mm -hmm. They have no question. And for a lot of them, I'm the only saved person in their life. Mm -hmm. But they know that I'm a great friend, loyal friend, joyful, giving. Right. And when they're in a crisis, they come to me. Like, we have this... We know we don't just not have unsaved friends. Right. We have lots of them. Mm -hmm. And they believe the Jesus in us because they see it lived out in our lives. Right. And the Bible says that we are confirming the story of Jesus with our lives. Mm -hmm. And That's I love good. how you said you live it. Yeah. Because I know for me, like you said, like preaching on stages, my words have helped me mm -hmm. communicate to Christians mm -hmm. really well. My words have helped me communicate to Christians how they need yeah. to evangelize and live. But my life has helped me show Jesus to non-Christians. A hundred percent. Your life yes. that makes the difference. Yes. People far from God. Mm -hmm. yes. So I grew up in a in a pastor's house, um, and my daddy had like 11 aunts and uncles on his father's side. And the boys in that family, so my great aunt, my, my great uncles um, were just great guys, but they, I just remember hearing as a little girl how much trouble they, you know, they'd get in fights and they could beat you, you know, with their right hand tied behind their back and pull, you know, with a broomstick, you know, and so just had these wild great uncles. And um, all through my life, I saw my unsaved family, great uncles and stuff, always calling my dad when there was crisis. 
So about my daddy and my mom, they were always a safe place to land for either family members or people in our church. I remember young people in our church that might have difficulties at home, they'd come to our house. And my mom and dad were always that stable, safe place. And I've always wanted to be that for other people, that you can come here and you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit because it's alive inside of us. Um, I think we can all live like that. We can all be that for somebody in our life. I think women were created to influence the world. And um, we'll do it not by being frustrated with who we are or jealous of one another or competing with men. We're not going to do it like that. We'll do it together. God created man, woman together to actually be the influence the world needs. And so I think we do it together. So when we start trying to pit ourselves against one another, there goes our influence. When we start, try, we're jealous of one another, there goes our influence. So when we can get really good at celebrating one another, at walking in the strengths that we've, each of us have been entrusted with, that's when the world changes. So this is an exciting time and we'll do it together. So Tina writes and says, I know to forgive 70 times seven, but is it okay not to have a relationship with someone who keeps you spiritually tied up in knots because of betrayal time after time? Would Jesus want me to keep turning the other cheek for a person who treats me any way they want without thinking about my feelings? I just want to obey Jesus. Yeah, well, I think the first thing is, Forgiving 70 times seven is a scripture. That's what she's, she's, she, she's referring to. And I think what that means is just keep giving it to God. Mm -hmm. Forgive. God doesn't want you to hold bitterness in your heart, resentment in your heart. And sometimes when we pray, God, just help me forgive, we don't always feel like we really are, mm -hmm. you know? But you know what? God is just asking you to give it to Him. Yeah and to continue to give it to Him. And you know, one thing I've learned, uh, uh, when, I, when I wanna forgive, if I begin to pray for that person, mm -hmm. it's amazing how it changes things in my heart. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as do you continue to get yourself in the same situation, if we're not talking about a marriage uh, situation, yes. we're not talking about your spouse, I'm talking, of, I hope she's talking about you know, a person who is just not good for her, mm -hmm. who she finds, just finds the wrong in her, nitpicks her. You know what? You need to set boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries are so important in relationships. They not only protect you, but they protect the other person. Mm -hmm. They protect the relationship. So I would say set those boundaries and don't feel bad about it. Boundaries aren't to just keep everybody away. Boundaries are to, to teach people and to teach yourself how to treat others. Yeah. You see, when you set boundaries, then you know what? You can respect those boundaries for someone else. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's any any wrong. I don't think that there's any, you know, problem with setting boundaries and letting people know how to treat you. And, yeah. and to say, listen, you know, I don't believe what you're saying about me. Yeah. You know, you can say that, but I don't believe that. And I'm not gonna take that in. I'm not gonna- I ain't gonna take it anymore. <laughs> I'm not gonna put that in my heart, you know? Right. So it really is important to set those boundaries and to not continue to go back to the same old situation all the time if you can help it. If people can tell that we all go through life, yeah. life is kind of the same for everybody. We go through the same kind of stuff Absolutely. normally, same challenges. 
Um, But they see a family or they see a life that lives through it full of joy, Mm -hmm. full of peace, full of contentment, Mm -hmm. uh, full of God. They want to run to that in their time of crisis because they don't have any... Who are they going to run to? Well, and to your point, like we're we're all going to have challenging moments. Every human is, Mm -hmm. right? We've talked about it on this show, but what's different is with Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? That's what we bring to the table. You know, the first person that told me about Jesus was my big sister, Delphine. I was raised in a family of, you know, seven siblings and my parents. And the only time we were made to go to church is if we wanted to go to the theater. If we wanted to go see the movie, then we had to go to church first. So it wasn't really like I was raised in a disciplined home with ministry being at the forefront of, you know, our life. So when my sister got saved, she was about 18 or 19, she received Jesus Christ as Lord. She began to pray for all of us. And I mean, one by one, all of us began to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. I will never forget that day when I called her and told her, I am born again. I have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. The fulfillment and the excitement that came over her was priceless. When I was um, dealing with cancer and I was in getting radiation, right? So that was one of the treatments that I went through. And I, first of all, I hated that I was dealing with cancer and I hated that I was having to do radiation. I just hated that whole thought of all of that. So I'm in this radiation waiting room and I don't wanna be there. And I'm just like looking down and I'm like, okay. And with radiation, you go every day for the same, for seven or eight weeks at the same time. So I don't wanna look at these people. Ugh. So I get up, they call my name, treatment, go home. The next day, come in, same thing. I just am looking down. I hate this whole thing. I don't want to see these people. So it was about the fourth day of doing that. I just come in, I'm like this. And I felt God say to me, Holly, will you look up? Mm-hmm. Look up. And I didn't, no. <laughs> I don't want to look up. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to know these people. You go get it. I don't want to know these people. <laughs> but I did. And I looked around the room and I looked in everybody's eyes. And in everybody's eyes, I saw fear and hopelessness mm-hmm. and loneliness. And there were some people in there over, started to listen to conversations and there were people in there that, this was their last chance. Like they had navigated three or four times cancer and this is it. And then there's people with, in the face and the head, different experience. And so I knew, like I knew what God was asking me to be there. Like this is where I'm gonna be salt, yeah. right? Bring mm-hmm. the, the joy into this moment. And I think we all find ourselves in those places and in those situations. And it doesn't change the mission that we have to be loving and kind and to show the love of Jesus. So I just, I had to make that decision. There was never this cloud that descended that like this, okay, now be spiritual. No, I just had to make a decision. Okay, God's trusting me with this moment. I don't get it, but he's trusting me with this moment and these people. So I started connecting, getting phone numbers and praying for people and bringing gifts and just made them my people even in the midst of a season and a time that I didn't want to be there. Even in our like hardest Mm -hmm. moments, right? That we can be Jesus to people. We can live a life that makes people want to go. So tell me, tell me, how come it is you're not freaking out that you have cancer? Mm -hmm. Tell me that. Yeah. 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 And that'll change the the hardest sinner. I think so. You know, I love how you said you knew you got to know them and you know their names. And you said, like, compassion is this way that we reach people. Because I think for a lot of people, we think, how do we, like, 
you know, you're in high school and you're thinking, how can I get my friends to come to church? How can I get them to come to an event they never come to? But you don't go to their volleyball game or their right. basketball game to support Very them. Very good do you point. Know, do you know them? Do you know their name? Do you know what they're like? I know we have lots of stories of, of just different times we've led people to Jesus, but I think one of the, the greatest prize and joy of my life is my relationship with my baby brother. He was 12 years old when we lost my dad. And he totally just shut down. We all served in the church. He's a pastor's kid, so he was a very mature 12-year-old. But he just shut down and didn't want to talk about God or anything. And the only thing he was obsessed with was superheroes. Mm. And he loved reading these comic books. Elijah, are you okay? Do you miss Dad? Do you want to talk? And he's like, well, did you see the new Avengers movie? Yeah. Well, did you know this about Batman and Superman? You know, DC or Marvel, no judgment. Like, right. all this good. <laughs> and I just remember knowing at that point, like the only way to talk to my brother was to get into comic books. Mm -hmm. And so me and my brother, I would, mm -hmm. I would fly, because I didn't, I didn't go to college near home. I would fly home and we would go through vintage comic book stores and we, I would fly in when there was a new movie to watch with him. And for years, I was just obsessed mm -hmm. with, about superheroes with him mm -hmm. until finally one day, I just straight up had a conversation with him. And when I did, I had earned it. I had learned yeah. his language. I learned That's what good. he cared about. I went out of my way. So many times in the church, we know what Jesus said, but we don't know how to communicate it to people today. Or we know the language of the world. We have no idea what Jesus would say to them. We have no idea what the Word of God says to them. So when we hear this word ambassador, realize we're supposed to be bilingual to know the language of the people we're ministering to as well as what God is saying to them so we can not water down what He said, but interpret it in their language so that they get it. No one's gonna understand if you're just speaking a language only you know. We've gotta learn their language if we're gonna truly and effectively tell the story of Jesus. Communicating where He was for years, I knew many better ways to preach. I got my degree in it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it was just like, he won't hear me if I'm speaking my language. Yeah. And I think that has shown me how to be Jesus. Then it was years later that I felt a call to ministry to preach and now be a pastor. I always reference, I always think about how can I learn about comic books with them? Yeah. How can I be where they are? You know, one of my favorite stories is the one that Hosanna talked about her brother and how she wanted to reach him with the love of Christ. But he wasn't interested in talking about God. He was interested in her being interested in him. And once they began this new dialogue about uh, uh, his life and the things that he was interested in, I believe that his heart was turned towards her and she was able to speak into his life. And I think that's a principle we all can take away is, you know what, people wanna know how much we care, not just how much we know. It's not going to always be about relationships, though. You know, there are going to be some people that we have relationship with that we're going to have to minister to. But to go back to the point of that question, when they said an adamant unbeliever or non-believer, they have had a relationship with them. You know, and so it's easy right. to talk about developing relationships, but there are going to be times where we're going to run into somebody and we're going to have to know, okay, I need to go in. I need to lead them to the Lord because they're ready. Yeah. You know, right. when I'm walking on the street, I'm always looking, God, okay, is that the one? Who do you want me to speak to today, you know, to, to minister Jesus to? But I guess the bottom line is just to have the love of God on right. the inside of us and to be led by His Spirit. Maybe if we lived a life that was so filled with joy and gratitude and contentment mm -hmm. to the best that we can, yeah. right. right? Then that's attractive and people want to be. People want that. They want to be around that. that. Yep. But if we come in and we're criticizing and judging people right. for their failures and their yep. sins, it's mm -hmm. just, you know, when he talks about 
Matthew 5 that we're to be salt and the light, but the light isn't to like shine on somebody's sins and go, you're like a sinner, you worm, you're bad, right? right? They it's already to, know that, they right? They know that. It's to leave them. Right right <laughs> yeah, I, did, I picked you on like purpose. like Velociraptor. It's to leave them. It's to show the yes. way. It's to, you know, I love that. beat somebody up with their failure. And so I just pray that every woman that's watching would find herself this next week in environments where she's challenged to love, even people who might be hard to love, but she's challenged to love. And I just pray, God, that you would be softening the hearts of those people and that conversations would be started. And I just thank you, God, for the, uh, through the listeners and the watchers here uh, of Better Together, that millions of people are going to begin to have a genuine faith in Christ and that millions of people perhaps who have heard about Jesus, they're going to be more inspired to begin to follow him. Connect with us on social media and let us know how our team can pray for you. When I listen to worship music, I listen to worship music everywhere. I be jamming in the car, mm, listening to Tim Bowman Jr. Ooh, there's so many good songs out here to listen to. But any song that you listen to, you can just have fun and liberty and create the atmosphere that you want to create. Just dance, move, make music, melody in your heart. Hey.